1: This month and every month throughout the year, discover Corona Hard Seltzer, the only hard seltzer made with pure beach vibes, with a refreshing splash of fruit flavors such as tropical lime, mango, cherry, and blackberry lime. Corona Hard Seltzer is a tasty, spike sparkling water with a splash of natural fruit flavor that allows you to enjoy the moment. In each can, Corona Hard Seltzer has zero carbs, zero sugar, and 90 calories, and is gluten-free. Relax responsibly. Corona Hard Seltzer spikes sparkling water with natural flavors. Imported by Crown Imports. Chicago, Illinois.
2: And welcome in to another quarantine episode of Purple Daily here. Mackie and Judd, Declan, COVID Declan is producing uh, (laughs) symptom-free
1: now today for
0: the first time in
1: five days. So that's good. Were your
2: symptoms
0: really strong, Declan?
1: They really, like, from what I've been talking to with other friends who have had it and other people who have experienced it, I I feel like I got off pretty lucky. Mm -hmm. Like uh, on Monday, Sunday, Monday, and Tuesday, I had a pretty bad fever and headache and body aches. Um, but I never lost my sense of taste or smell. I thankfully always had that. I was like purposely eating spicy foods the first three days mm-hmm. to like prove if I can taste and smell it. Um, but outside of that, I mean, I've been feeling pretty good nightquill and day quill and tea and soup. So I, actually, I'm looking forward to like more solid foods this weekend. That's going to yeah. be fun. Yeah. And, uh, watching BYU and doing, uh, my own, My own version of Courtney, our draft scout, but Declan, our draft scout. You know, I've
0: I've heard that the uh, quarterback is somebody that I should be looking into. I mean, he's basically like a light version of Jim McMahon with the Jordan headband. (laughs) So I am all for this guy. I think the Vikings should go ahead and just like lock it up right now. That's
2: great. Yeah. So Declan, and by the way, Courtney Cronin from ESPN.com. She covers the Vikings and joins us uh, every Friday on Purple Daily. So uh we're gonna dive into some trade speculation on this episode. We're gonna dive into a huge win for the Vikings last night, even though they didn't even play. But but yeah, so Declan's gonna be taking a look at the all twenty two and, and Declan, in case anyone had any questions, is not an experienced all twenty two scout. That's no. not gonna stop us from him unleashing takes. So if <laughs> so if we could we've got Courtney our draft scout. We're trying to think of Declan's name. Is it like Declan G Draft Scout? Is it something else? We need some help with this.
1: I also have the R middle initial, Courtney. So I. I it's
2: I don't great. Know.
0: I mean, it's it's universal, honestly. It I think everybody could really be a draft scout, as we found out from Twitter. That's absolutely accurate. <laughs>
3: absolutely. And, and Dex, you, you need to, in the next couple days, get your hands on the Trey Lance game. There's one Trey Lance game. Okay. Okay. We need, out. And we need that one, too. Okay. Because, like, I, I've got the top guys scouted myself. So sure. I really need you to take care of that second tier of guys <laughs> that could pop up and Trey Lance is definitely in that tier. I'm gonna,
1: how, I'm going to put on my headband, crack a couple of Corona hard seltzers yep. and I'm going to get into the tape, man. So that's that's yes. the whole weekend. I love
2: how on Twitter so people who listened to yesterday's episode of Purple Daily are now with us and we're just calling the BYU kid, the BYU kid now, like that's just <laughs> that's just his <laughs> yeah, name. So he's he's just going to have the BYU kid on the back of his jersey when he plays for the Vikings next year. Um, speaking of which, last night a huge win for the Minnesota Vikings even though they didn't play with the Atlanta Falcons finally not blowing a lead and blowing a game in the in the fourth quarter, uh, they pick up their second win of the season over Teddy Bridgewater's Carolina Panthers. And according to Tankathon.com, the Vikings have now moved up from sixth to fifth in the draft order. And they still have on Tankathon.com, they still have Trey Lance going to the Vikings at five. And so. Um, so a big win last night, everyone, Courtney, uh, your thoughts on the Vikings ability to keep climbing this tankathon ladder.
0: I honestly don't have a lot of faith in it, to be quite honest. Um, I think they're going to be a five and 11 team, which I don't know if that's good enough for a top five draft pick. That to me screams more like seven, eight or nine. And these are a lot of bad teams this year. Like really, there are a lot of bad teams in the NFL, um, Dallas is terrible. Atlanta is still terrible. Jacksonville is terrible. Um, The list kind of goes on and on, but I have a feeling they're going to win some games that they absolutely should not. And this fan base is going to be irate because of it, because it's going to screw up their draft positioning. Um, And, you know, especially like if, if they, you know, I know we're going to get into this, but like, if they don't do anything at the deadline, um, and and get more draft capital to potentially move up if they had a chance to, and if they really were going to go after a quarterback, then I think that that's really going to set them back a little bit. Um, And I just don't know that they could be, like I've said this all along, they're too talented to suck completely. They're not Jets level being (laughs) terrible, but like they're in this purgatory spot where they have a lot of talent still on the roster, mostly on the offensive side, because everybody's hurt on defense um, except for Eric Kendricks and Harrison Smith. But, like, they just – they're going to win some games that they probably shouldn't if they're thinking ahead to 2021. But publicly, they'll never tell you that they're thinking ahead to 2021.
3: This is the worst, Courtney, that I think I've ever seen this league as a, a whole. I mean, there's mm-hmm. always been a it's lot terrible. of bad teams and a lot of bad games. And so I'm used to that. I don't think I remember a season, though, where we've had this many teams that are just awful. Like yeah. not not even competitive and it's it's really really weird because it's now what probably six to ten teams where you just say you're just awful you're you're you you don't do anything including the vikings
0: yeah and i think that they're obviously in that caliber right now will they stay there something tells me that there's going to be the t- prototypical Kirk Cousins game. Now that the pressure is really off where he's yeah. going to go off for 343 yards and throw three touchdowns without the three interceptions that come along with it. Right. Um, and he's going to have the Kirk Cousins stat lines that you see great fantasy quarterback. Um, but will that help them win games? Will they win a couple that they shouldn't that might lead to that?
2: Yeah. So, all right, let's, let's just dive into like, trade speculation what Mm -hmm. they can do what they should do before this Tuesday so we're all on the record on this show saying anything that makes sense should Mm -hmm. go like even if it's just like trading Kyle Rudolph for a six-round pick or something anything that can go and should go should just be traded before Tuesday there's a few borderline things like well Harrison Smith you're not just going to give him away yeah Um, Adam Thielen is one that's been thrown out there and the and the Patriots just lost Julian Edelman so I guess my question is how much does Sunday's game impact what they might do before the Tuesday trade deadline? um, Or, or should they just be already decided on some of these players before Tuesday?
0: I think they probably have an idea. Um, You know, certainly they're the ones who kicked everything off with unique and Gakwe last week. And I love that move. Don't get me wrong. I think that was a terrific move, but then it's kind of been like, well, what now? And yeah, we're, I think week eight, the, all these games and, and who gets injured and how, what happens for the Minnesota Vikings? Do they lose? Do they win? Et cetera, et cetera. Um, you know, how that whole thing plays out is going to determine how active I think they're going to be at the trade deadline, but going into this weekend, I think it really boils down to, and I was just pulling up their salary cap for, for 2021 and trying, trying to figure out kind of like where they're at, because right now they're like 5 million, I think over the cap. Um, even though they're gonna have some 2020 rollover, all of that, like it's still not a good situation. So you should be trying to remedy that. And you're gonna be remedying it in the offseason, but why not get some draft capital for it now? You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. sell high. So um I think that you know they should be going into this game still, actively trying to unload Riley Reef, Anthony Harris, Kyle Rudolph. You don't want Pat Alfly anyways, but somebody like who needs a guard might need him. So go ahead and and try to get a seventh round, conditional seventh round pick for him. I don't care. Do anything. Um, the Thielen one's interesting. I think you're truly committing to a rebuild, like a longer rebuild by doing that. And you're also potentially giving Kirk Cousins a window uh, to be like, well, we, we traded away as one of his top options. Of course he didn't perform well. Then you're stuck with him. It's not like he had the chance to be like, you did that to him. Um, not like oh, we gave him everything. He was terrible. We had no choice but to cut him um, and try to cut cut our losses and move on. But I think that they're at a point now um, where they can't be greedy going into the trade deadline. Like you know, what did we hear throughout the off season? The reason the Trent Williams deal fell through during the draft is because the Vikings wanted a certain draft pick. Washington wasn't going to budge on it. Same thing with Anthony Harris. Like the Giants were interested. In him, price was too high. Cleveland was interested in him, price was too high. After they franchised him and wanted to trade him, like no more of that. Like it's not you can't you know beggars can't be choosers at this point. And I yeah. really do think that they should be active and just trying to unload veteran pieces that aren't going to be part of the makeup and the fabric of this team in twenty twenty one to begin with.
3: Okay, so you you just spewed common sense, which I love. I mean, <laughs> I, I mean, what, so what you said around Judd, what you said made sense, but some but somewhere in in there in Rick's mind is uh, I got to drive these deals and I'm going to make, so what what is your if you combine common sense with how the Vikings often think, wh- where do you think they land on that? Because the Ngakwe trade mm-hmm. I am with you completely I loved it, uh, um, it didn't work and that's fine, okay, mm-hmm. cut bait there but do you think that they are going to, before Tuesday, apply common sense to say what you just said which is, and, and the one thing that I would say to Kirk is if I traded Thielen or Kyle and Kirk came in and said, "Well, now I—I I mean, what am I going to do?" I'd say, "Kirk, mm-hmm. this is all your fault already." Okay, <laughs> so like th- you are to blame here. So don't give me that. You—you you get no extra time. You get mm-hmm. nothing. And if you get okay. sacked because Cleveland whiffs on a guy, I don't care. Um, but do you think that do you think that the Vikings will apply what you just said and mm-hmm. Rick in particular to make trades? where you probably have to swallow hard and be like, I don't love that trade, but it gets me something.
0: If they have the support from ownership, like if those conversations that Spielman has, and he says he has a lot of them with ownership, keeping them in the loop on stuff. um, If those conversations are, hey, we get it. We're built, we're building towards the future because we were never really built for this year. I don't know if they honestly know that. I don't know if um, kind of where they stand on that because to anybody who could evaluate this without purple colored glasses or purple lenses, whatever it is? Like you knew this year was going to be a step back. Like it doesn't make any logical sense to think, oh, here's a here's a slate of rookie corners. Like, cool, we're going to be great, top ten in defensive <laughs> efficiency. Like when you lose all these other pieces in the defense, like you know. So I, if if Spielman and Zimmer, and obviously these Rick has control of the roster. So if Spielman gets the confidence the vote of confidence from ownership that everything's going to be fine go ahead and do what you have to do then I could see them being active in that but like Judd you're right like like common. what does common sense tell you when Kirk is playing horribly and he throws three interceptions in the first half it tells you you need to bench him temporarily for that moment common sense doesn't prevail in that because someone's ass is on the line at that point someone's job could very well be in jeopardy because it's like admitting holy crap I screwed up The reason we don't see common sense play out is because people don't want to admit, holy bleep, I screwed up. Like we screwed up with this. I misjudged the roster. No one is going to do that. Especially someone like Rick Spielman, I think without the vote of confidence from ownership, because you don't last in an organization since 2006, since 2012 as a general manager Mm -hmm. without playing survivor at some point. And Rick is, is the survivorist of the survivors, the most survivoring Fiving person <laughs> in the world i will come up with my own theory. but like you know there's there's reason to, to to show you that logic doesn't exist because it's people trying to they're really looking out for themselves in their own jobs it's not about the health of the roster like do not let anybody sell you on that it's not
2: and again i'm gonna now i'm gonna spew some common sense and that if i own a football team or if i own any business really I want my decision makers. I want my general manager. I want my coach. I want them to be able to admit that they are wrong sometimes. In fact, if they don't have the ability to say that I, hey, I I whiffed on that one or I could have done that differently or I could have, uh, I could have drafted somebody else. Like if they don't have that bit of humility, then I, then I would question their qualifications to begin with. But I think. When it comes to the biggest elephant in the room, which is Kirk Cousins and the decision they have to make, because there's still a lot of guaranteed money on the table in 2021, 22. And one way to look at it is, well, there's a lot. And I know a lot of fans look at it this way, too. Well, there's a lot of guaranteed money on the table. So you can't cut him. You can't do this. You can't bench him. It's like and, and the way I look at it is it's a sunk cost. Like you've already guaranteed mm-hmm. the money. If he's no longer the guy that makes sense to lead your franchise, then you have to make a tough decision and probably swallow a bunch of guaranteed money. My question to you, Courtney, is if they start to look at who they can trade before the trade deadline and uh, and, and you look at what they've already done trading Yannick Ngakwe, mm-hmm. is there a chance that they've already come to terms with what we have come to terms with, that this is not the quarterback you want leading your team for the next three to five years, and they're already trying to clear out cap space strategically to have to swallow mm-hmm. that pill?
0: I think that's a good way to think of it, um, and I'm sure that those conversations like. It, I know we talk about common sense. You're never going to hear general managers, coaches, anybody who's in the public eye decision-making people come out and like lament common sense, but clearly they know, like there is not, I take what Rick said during his bi week press conference, where I don't think anybody's lost faith in Kirk cousins and go the opposite of that. I've spoken to several people who, who saw that quote and kind of laughed at it because that's just not, I mean, I understand what he's doing what do you want him to say? Yeah, we, oh man, we screwed this crap up. This like, guy's a
2: total disaster. Yeah,
0: like, what What do you want him to say? Like, I get it, but like, Rick is not stupid. He's the general manager of a football team. Like, he knows that that is not the way that you play quarterback at a high level. Um, but I also think that, you know, here. here's the thing. Cousins, to me, is the crux of all of this, is the crux of what they decide they want to do at the trade deadline. because let's say that he's got to be a part of the plan one way. He's obviously part of the plan one way or the other, but like this can't be a rebuild of like, okay, well we need to get rid of these pieces. We're going to continue to build around the quarterback. It kind of feels impossible and they haven't fully built around Kirk. Like they really haven't because you don't go sign Sheldon Richardson the day after you sign Kirk Cousins when you barely have any cap space left and you still have a shoddy offensive line. You don't like, sign Anthony Barr and, and restructure Everson Griffin and all these stuff. And you, and you don't address the other side when you still need more offensive linemen in 2018 and 2019, the whole thing. Like, so at this point, it's kind of like they've shown that they don't really want or are not interested in building around Kirk cousins because of how they've spent money elsewhere. Sure. People will say, Oh, well, what about, you know, the extension for Kyle Rudolph or the extension for Delvin cook and stealing and all these things. Yes. And no, it hasn't completely added up yet. So it's like, You've got a decision to make because you can't convince me that okay, well, we we know what we can do. We can move a couple pieces around. We can we can you know get rid of Riley Reef. Cleveland will be fine. We draft him future left tackle. The whole thing. Um, and expect that it's going to go differently this time. To me, it's either you realize that Kirk is not the guy and you cut him, and you and you and you try to like really that's ripping it down to the studs, but you still have some good players because having all these good players like Eric Kendricks and um. Garrett Bradbury and Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Dalvin cook, like five guys right there who are going to be on the roster, no matter what, like you don't have to start over from like ground zero, like the whole thing's been nuked and there's ash everywhere. And you've got five players standing around, like the building's still half, half built. Like, it's just, I think you want to change course at, at that point, as you go through a rebuild because what's the process of rebuilding? If you're not actually like rebuilding around the biggest part that's at fault.
3: And then I think Courtney, the, dilemma or the question that comes up if you're the Wilfs at, at that point too is if you are going to tear it down and start again a quarterback do you have the people in the front office and coaching staff in place yes. that you trust Absolutely. to identify and cultivate and develop the next uh Q, qb because that's the problem um the thing that concerns me most about kirk outside of kirk himself and the philosophy of what they did with Kirk from day one, and I've always defended the initial contract, so it's not that. But what concerns me about Kirk is the fact that they were so negligent in identifying how, how much he would need line help. Mm-hmm. That that's the one where I, if I'm the wilfs I look back and say, okay, so we paid all of this dough to bring this QB in, and and his deficiencies had become obvious, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's not like, oh my goodness, he's a rookie, and we didn't see this coming. Um, If I'm the Wilfs, I have real questions about how you basically paid this guy, put him in as your your QB, who you probably told me was going to be a top five to top eight QB, and then didn't give him the O-line in front of him to protect him when that was probably among the most important things on on the second to-do list once Kirk was signed. So if they're going to go in the direction that you're talking about, I really have questions about do you trust this current uh this current um executive staff starting with Spielman to identify that quarterback and then build this thing back up again correctly this time?
0: I I think that that's a question that you have to ask yourself and I don't really know like what the Wolves like have been so sold on with Zimmer and with Spielman um especially recently and it's like you know you got one playoff win on the road, uh Zimmer has two playoff wins his entire seven years here in Minnesota. Like that's probably a good metric, but like, do you think if you're going to start over and especially if you're starting over at the quarterback position, I wouldn't, I'm, I'm, I'm in 2020. I am in the age of the offense. I do not want a defensive coach anywhere near my quarterback. I'm sorry, not for my head coach. I want an Eric B I wanted a Kevin Stefanski, I, which they did. Um, I would I would really hope that there would be a scenario this time around that when Jerry fires Mike McCarthy, Zimmer could potentially go there if I'm the Wilfs, because then it's not like, oh, you're having to fire somebody. Oh, he gets traded, blah, blah, like, right. you know, could do the whole thing. But um, I don't think it's – to me, I think there needs to be fresh blood, like, you know, f- fresh ideas, fresh perspective, not do not running it back trying to do it the exact same way because you've been doing it for so long, and it's like, you ha- all you have to show for it are a couple playoff wins here or there. You got to the NFC Championship game, um, and you, you know in a season that had a lot of luck. Like a lot of this will come down to if the Wolves move on from from Spielman and Zimmer and, and really and Cousins. They that's them conceding. Hey, we can't make 2017 happen. We tried and we failed with that.
2: Yeah, uh, and I think that's a, that's a good place to leave this sort of cliffhanger here, going into the Green Bay game and then into the trade deadline. And uh, and and I agree. I think taking a fresh look at your most important pillars, starting with quarterback and head coach, and then potentially general manager. Uh, the one thing I would advise against is blowing up all three of those at the same time because a lot. that's that's something that mm-hmm. I think train wreck franchises mm-hmm. do. So even if you don't love Spielman or love Zimmer. Um, I would get rid of the quarterback for sure, but I think blowing up all three. There's a huge gamble that you might completely whiff on one of those two hires.
3: I will say this: yes. I think we, I think we have entered the rare air and territory where if I'm the Wilfs on Kirk, I step in. He he doesn't step. They they, they don't step in much. Like I I think that they trust Rick and Mike, and and I think as far as businesses goes, that's the right call. But Mm -hmm. if but if I am the Wilfs, I think this is one where I say, look, guys, the eye test. Okay, like I've seen this. We've seen this enough. Um, I think they at least have to involve themselves in the conversation here, because if you really, you know, go the pride route and be like, oh, Kirk is going to be fine in 21. You just don't know. I would Mm -hmm. say no. I would say absolutely not. I own this bleeping team. We got to do something (laughs) different. I really would.
0: I agree with you, John. And that's I think rare. That they've got to take the, they've got to take the temperature of this whole situation in in a more per, like aggressive way that they've done than they've done before, and just kind of realize, hey, it didn't work with these people. It stopped trying to make fetch happen. Like it's just not going to happen at this point. I love like, that. I love it just, that. It drives me nuts because it, it's like, okay, well, square peg and and here's the round hole. How about you turn it this way? Like, no, like, <laughs> you've been doing that for so long. Like. Just, just, just realize, like I, I, whoever said, it, I think Phil, it was you talking about humility. Like you want that, and and obviously people don't ad, don't kind of adhere to humility, and they buy into their own hubris because it's costly to admit to your own mistakes. It is costly to say, "Hey, we screwed up. We misjudge this. Kirk is not the right guy." And all the the bloviating that you want to do that you extended in, because it helps your cap situation. Well. The money you took and spent with that right away was on a safety who's not going to be on your roster next year, and you got cute and thought he was not going to be on your roster this year. So, I mean, those are the type of moves. Like, I hope the Wolves realize that. Like, I hope that they can like be smart enough to look at that and be like, maybe we were told something that didn't add up here. Like, wait a second. Like, mm-hmm. yeah, make, make your. I mean, the, you guys are the money train. Pull the strings that you need to, but like realize that. The lines that you might be being fed right now are might not be accurate, like might be someone people trying to save their jobs. And that's what you do if you are with a franchise for as long as both of them have been with this franchise, like they're going to certainly try to do things that are going to help them win. Why wouldn't you? But survival in, in my job at the end of the line, day, unless you want to go and hand your resignation paper in, like that's what they're doing.
2: Yep. And the drama will continue into next week. And uh, we'll be keeping an eye on it every day here on Purple Daily. That's Courtney Cronin from ESPN.com. Mackie and Judd, you can also find Vikings Ventline right after the Vikings-Packers game is over on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Podcast. And if you want to join the show, Declan is the wizard producer behind the scenes, and he will be the gatekeeper for your Vikings takes with this email address, vikingsventline at gmail.com. And we can get you into the video. We will see you guys tomorrow. Purple Daily listeners, Purple Daily business owners, Federated is here to help you. Federated just wants to say thanks to all local businesses in and around the state of Minnesota. You are our community partners, our neighbors, our families, and our friends. And when you need Federated, Federated is here to help. Visit FederatedInsurance.com or call your local marketing representative to access trusted resources you may need during this pandemic. At Federated. It's our business to protect yours.